Welcome to Some Would Say. Casual chats for curious people. Your weekly podcast hosted by us, Amelia Rose and Lara May, unpacking all things life from the arts to well-being, from work to play and hearing what others have to say. This week, we heard what Brisbane-based singer-songwriter Eves Caritas has to say. Despite having supported some of the world's biggest names like Dua Lipa and Paul Kelly, we loved how authentic and down-to-earth our chat with Eves was. We get some honest insight into the music industry, her niche hobby that might surprise you, and what goes through her mind while performing to a crowd of thousands. Eves Caritas, thank you so much for joining us on Some Would Say. Hello, hello. I was like, do I address her as Hannah or Eves? I was like, it's, it's the real question on everyone's lips. I know, it's like from a marketing perspective, like Eves is a lot smarter, but I just feel so weird about that. So <laughs> we can stay with Hannah. Sounds good. Sounds good to us. If we were to take you on a night out, because this is the, the question that we ask all guests, what is your DJ song request and what would we order you to drink? Uh, my DJ song request, it really depends on the night. Like if I was going out tonight, I'd probably request maybe an old disco song like uh, Teardrops by Womack and Womack. Oh, oh, you're speaking our language. Absolute yeah. tune. Or the, yeah. something by the Bee Gees. I don't know. Love <laughs> yeah, it. Fun. <laughs> or maybe like what's that Lady Mojo or um, – What's that? Sister Sledge thinking of you. There's like good remixes of that. What I love all that disco era. Good answer. Yeah. That's a great song. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and what would your drink of choice be? Uh, Probably an old fashioned. Ooh, love it. Okay. What's an old fashioned? Remind me again. What's in that? It's bourbon, orange bitters and no, sorry, just bitters and then orange peel and some sugar syrup. Nice. Very simple. Yeah. I love it. Simple is best. Well, for for those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and who Hannah is? Sure. Uh, Well, my name, my full name is Hannah Evienia Caridis, and I take my stage name from my middle name, which Evienia is a Greek family name, but I shortened it to Eves because it's a little more palatable. (laughs) And um, I am a singer, songwriter, performing artist. Um, I'm from Brisbane. I've been doing this for a couple of, well, more than a couple of years. I've been doing it since I finished school. So, yeah. Where did your love for music stem from? Like, has it always been a big part of your life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've been singing since I was a kid and then I think I picked up a guitar and started like writing songs when I was 11 or 12. Um, I don't know. Just to come from like uh, like my dad is musical. He's like a lawyer, but he's he loves music. He has a big record collection. Um, my brother as well loves music very talented guitar player so there was a lot of music in the house growing up Mm. 
And I don't know, I just kind of found it naturally through that, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And so how did you kind of take your love for music and maybe interest in it as like a bit of a hobby to more of like a professional thing? It's funny because I was sort of talking about this the other day with some other friends of mine who are in, you know, similar job and they're like equally as confused, like how do you end up doing this because it, it's not like I really decided. I just did it. Mm. Like when I was in high school, I used to like go away on the weekends and like play up and down the coast. And um, when I finished school, I just did a gap year. And it was sort of in that year that I got a song on Triple J, I think. I don't know. It's a long time ago. <laughs> in that year, I got a certain level of success that just yeah. kept it rolling. So yeah. it was like, I don't know, maybe if that hadn't happened, I would have gone to uni and done something completely different. But Yeah, it is. It is one of those things. Like, I feel like you can apply that question to some industries, but then others like the music industry, it's some of the, the best things in life are the ones that happen naturally, you know, so it's, it's mm. hard to pinpoint being a creative, mm. I feel. Yeah, yeah exactly. Who would you say is your biggest inspiration in music? That's changed a lot over the years. I mean, there's been a few that have been constants. When, yeah, when I was younger, I I fell in love with like Joni Mitchell and Carole King. And I feel like now the Carole King reference makes a lot more sense. Um, the, The further I get into my journey as an artist, the more I'm inspired by like old soul and carol king is like one of the like original greats of Mm. you know she wrote soul hits for soul acts and then she put out like it's like soul pop but you know she put out her album tapestry which just went absolutely bonkers and that's very inspiring to me. And I, I kind of love how like someone like Amy Winehouse repurposes soul and like Frank Ocean repurposes soul mm, in a modern yeah. modern way. So I find that very inspiring. I mean, I love like Mark Ronson. I love his work, like just from a production angle. You know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. I always love things sounding modern, but I think you can't really make anything modern that's interesting without it being influenced by the past. Yeah, it just needs to be seen through a semi-new lens but yeah soul music is my thing right now (laughs) yeah yeah and if we were to like stalk your spotify this week like what would you be what would you be listening to my spotify this week has been well you know you know you get these spotify end of year stats oh (laughs) yes are they out yet listening to and every year mine is just completely skewed because i have like a sleep playlist (laughs) (laughs) i can relate to this mine's always like doja cat or something like something so random that i just like had on repeat one time in my life yeah it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) so no but this week i've been listening to a lot of um leon bridges and uh kuang bin i i never say that yeah. right, but in my head i say it and i'm like kuang bin <laughs> no i know the, it right, i know but, the one you're referring um, to <laughs> that's all the matter yeah that, that's probably this week's jam <laughs> yeah i love it we were we were saying not too long ago i was like pissed off how 
my Discover Weekly is just the same every mm. single week. And then we're like, why is this? And then I'm like, oh, because we listen to the same 20 songs on repeat that yeah. since we were 21. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. like it's just been the same thing forever. What's, um, what's something that might surprise people about you, Hannah? I feel like there's a, there's a lot that would surprise people about me because I feel like I haven't really been very forthcoming online and that's I mean speaking from the perspective as someone in the public eye and someone Mm. who's on Instagram and social media I've always been a little bit I don't know kind of hesitant to really share my interests on there because I've always been like oh is is it even interesting like I'm a music artist so do they want to know about what I do in my spare time maybe they do but Mm. (laughs) so there's probably a lot that um people don't know about me I love making furniture (laughs) oh wow I'm really into yeah and I have done a I mean, I'm not like the most incredible person at it, but it's something I like to do and brings me joy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like flipping furniture, like turning no, old? No, it's not flipping. I've I've done a bit of flipping, but it's mostly just like go to Bunnings, get some wood, get some uh, paint and <laughs> see what <laughs> just, happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's like building things from scratch and I, I've, I've gone to a, gone to a point now where it's like okay now I know that the wood from Bunnings is actually really bad oh. so moving forwards I don't buy wood from Bunnings anymore but I have made like a few pieces in my apartment nice wow. that's that so is, cool that is not what I expected like as an answer <laughs> but I'm really yeah. really impressed Love that's it. really cool and going back to what you said um prior about you're not sure if people kind of want to know about you can confirm do want to know more about like musicians I feel like that is something that I've noticed in the music industry they don't kind of show you like a day in the life it's almost in your best interest to be like elusive a bit mysterious yeah yeah which I think is great uh because I feel like everything that an artist wants to share comes out in their music. In the music. So true. Yeah, for sure. But then some artists, especially now with like TikTok being so big, Mm. you know, you have the influencers turned musicians, you know, and that to me is so weird because they're like (laughs) blogging everything and they go in the studio and they're blogging and I'm like, oh, my God, that's like just like a completely different job. Yeah. What I do. Uh, But yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really interesting space for musicians, especially like female musicians and like what they are expected to do online. And also like it's probably when you do decide you want to share something personal about yourself, it's a lot more sacred to you. And like maybe your fans like cherish that a lot more than because you're more intentional all the time. Yeah. You're like more intentional about what you're choosing to put out into the world. So. Totally. Mm. And it always comes down to being active online is, is time that you could put into something else. And Mm. so for me, I'm always just like, I could post about, you know, what I'm doing today, or I could focus on writing music, which is what pays the bills. So it is like, okay, you have to juggle. And, you know, there's a certain element of needing to market yourself and get, you know, people aware of that you have songs out and all that. But at the same time, 
yeah it, mm. it's a lot of effort and emotional energy especially yeah. you know everybody can relate to it it's just like putting something online is stressful I don't feel that level of anxiety with anything else like it's just like the fear of being like judged or the fear of like just the fact that Instagram is embarrassing like mm. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah yeah like Oh, I don't know. I could talk for a long time about that. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I feel like I feel more anxious on social media when I consume a lot all the time. Like if I'm consuming more than I'm creating, because my background is social media. So if I'm consuming more than I'm creating, it's just... They're the times where you... Like a a vortex where you just get sucked in, Mm. you know? So... Yeah. I feel like one of the most anxiety inducing things is just if I've spent all day scrolling and have not achieved anything um, of like substance substance for (laughs) myself and I'm just laying there in bed. What did I actually do to assist myself or the world today? And I'm like, oh, like I've wasted a day of my life. And there's like, it's so, I just do that like almost every night. Yeah, (laughs) it is. It is a trap. And it's nice to hear someone who, you know, you use social media as a tool as a tool yeah rather than i don't know i don't know what the word is and it's a necessary evil like it would be very difficult to promote your music without it but yeah yeah. exactly exactly could you talk to us about some of your biggest pinch me moments in your career and then also some or one of the biggest challenges that you faced sure uh biggest pinch me moments very uh, broad answer, but I, I guess anytime I'm on stage and people are there to see me perform, that's a, that always is just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, what? This is so weird. Mm. Like, it's just odd. I'm, I, I feel like so regular just every day. I'm just like average Joe. And then I'm just like, people have paid money to see me perform like I'm just like I can't actually absorb it yeah it's too weird I'm just like (laughs) let's have an out-of-body experience (laughs) yeah um I guess you know over the years there's been like a lot of moments that have just been really like really big career highlights having songs you know get certified like gold and platinum that's pretty amazing that's the sort of thing like when you're a kid you sort of dream about but it's like how do you get there mm. um having a song in the triple j hottest 100 was a very nice moment i don't know i've supported some pretty amazing artists that i've you know idolized over the years like dua lipa and george ezra yeah. what was that like walking out onto a stage with like a Dua Lipa crowd <laughs> like was that just pretty pretty intense or had you already done like similar size venues before uh yeah I mean I, I had done similar size venues but not in that really pop world yeah. so yeah that's just like everyone in those types of crowds are very excitable and just there for a really fun time which mm. is an energy you often don't see in the more indie-led spaces. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's fun. It's super fun. And she has nice fans, so. <laughs> oh, you even, that's good. You even performed with, was it Paul Kelly? Paul Kelly. That is a pinch me moment, yes. Yeah. That was insane. That was like, 
last year, I think. Yeah, Paul Kelly and Ziggy Ramo, and we did a Rihanna cover for the ABC show. It was, yeah, he is childhood icon, you know, like yeah. used to listen to him in, in the car with my dad. And so that was, yeah, that's probably one of the biggest pinch me moments, actually. Oh, you're welcome <laughs> for me. It's back in that psyching your memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can only yeah. imagine. And performing with someone as well, not just supporting them, but actually being on stage and sharing the stage. Like that's that's huge. Yes. Great. Thank you for reminding <laughs> <laughs> And then what about challenges? I'm sure there's been like anything. Yeah. There's always there's, challenges. There's so many challenges. <laughs> Point of view, you've been for your hot girl walk, had your iced oat latte, and now you're sitting down at your desk ready to start work, but something's missing. Who can relate? You've done everything right, and yet you still feel uninspired. This is actually a big reason why I created my brand, The Happy Employee. It's like I wanted the good vibes of my morning routine to filter through to my workday, but also still enabling me to get shit done. The Happy Employee is eco-friendly stationery designed to uplift performance and nurture your mind. Make 2023 the year to focus on your growth and a healthier mindset. Whether it's for you or someone you love, my conscious deskware is the perfect Chrissy present. If I do say so myself. Save yourself 15% using the code some would say by heading to thehappyemployee.com.au. It's it's a hard one to talk about without it feeling very first world, but the kind of themes that arise from the sorts of challenges that come up in this industry, I think are pretty universal. Just like not believing in yourself, being taken advantage of, um, sexism, mm-hmm. <laughs> misogyny on all levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's... It's interesting, yeah, seeing it through the lens of the music industry and how that's affected me and my personal life. It's been very interesting to watch and come to terms with over the the years, especially the last couple of years. And um, I guess a big challenge is finding the right people around you that aren't going to, like, crush your self-esteem by Mm -hmm. valuing the wrong parts of you and stuff like that. Um, but I feel like I've had a huge challenge over the last couple of years that I've just overcome. And that's this whole like journey of becoming a self-managed artist that like that to me has been like, that's probably one of the proudest things I've proudest moments. I think I have of myself is just not being broken by, you know, a really shitty relationship, like work relationship Mm -hmm. and like feeling stronger than ever in the aftermath of it. So, yeah, it's, um, there's a, yeah. Is that kind of, is that kind of like breaking away from other people's terms as well? Like, and just going with what you believe in more and independence? Yeah, I think so. The, the, The whole manager and artist relationship is very, very weird. It's sort of like, are you friends? Is it business? It's a bit of both. I can relate um, to that so much, like specifically more business related. It's like the relationships are so transactional. And so it's yeah. like, where is it a friendship? Like what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Does it- and you act like friends mm. and you act like you care about one another, but then 
it's it's like this weird warped perception of like interacting with a person because I know in my situation I found I was constantly just putting on like rose tinted glasses trying to pretend that it was like a healthy dynamic and like mm. everything was fine because <laughs> this was like a big company that had a lot of success and I was like this is the this has the answers to my career sort of thing and I think I just yeah stuck my head in the sand a bit and was like oh yeah nothing's nothing's wrong here and then it's like one of those things where you you wander too far away from yourself so you return and there's nothing left and it's like mm. I just like had this realization a couple of months ago where I was like I don't even know what I'm doing this for anymore and it was really crushing and I was like I think I want to quit and that's when I went and did a furniture making course so that was like end of last year and the start of this year I took like six months off and then it was in that space that I kind of rediscovered my love of music and um just like was like yeah I'm not gonna let that break me I want to do this my way and um you know, mm. go out with a bang. Totally. <laughs> if this is it for me, I, I, at least I tried sort of thing. Yeah. And you made the decision, like you chose to do it your way rather than just yeah. letting someone else, you know, make the decisions for you kind of thing. Yes. Cause they were absolutely not the right decisions and they weren't in my best interests. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, now I'm just, I mean, it's that thing of like, you can't really trust anybody more than you can trust yourself to do the work when it's like your project. So mm-hmm. that's uh, a lesson I learned the hard way, I think. I really get what you said about having to walk away from something to, to love it again. Um, that was very much, that happened to me with, because I, I have a background in music, like I did a jazz degree at JMI. After uni, I got so sick of everyone being like, jazz is love, jazz is life, it's only about jazz. And I was like, yeah, but what about all these other genres? Like I used to walk down the hallways wearing my like Splendor in the Grass t-shirt just to piss, piss everyone <laughs> off. Because I'd be like, no, if it's not John Coltrane, like shut the fuck up. And I was like, oh, you are a bunch of, I know they're probably, they're probably going to listen to this, so I probably shouldn't go too far. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I know I had to take a break and be like, I'm so, I can't, I can't love this right now. Like I need to step away. And then, yeah, then naturally came back anything that's meant to Mm. yeah big time so if you weren't doing music would you be building furniture or or what (laughs) what would your job be if if uh yeah this wasn't your job you know what probably probably building furniture somewhere (laughs) (laughs) living a nice peaceful life (laughs) without the stress of self-promote like constant self-promotion yeah I truly don't know like the actual answer to that question I do like the idea of furniture making um I don't know how one would even get into doing that as a job like as a I make bespoke furniture buy my furniture (laughs) (laughs) um and I feel like I have a long way to go in terms of skill to be able to you know do something like that, but that sounds fun. And I like using my hands. Mm. That's, that's nice. Sounds like so, side hustle material for now. It does. Mm-hmm. Everyone stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, selling that on Marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> well, we saw you just return from a trip to Stockholm. Uh, working on music, do you have a particular songwriting process that you go to? Uh, I, it, it kind of varies. At the moment, I suppose if you like zoom out a little bit from the actual like individual song process and, and more just like focus on the creative process, like the state of being creative, um, I read a... What was it? It was, you know, the author Kurt Vonnegut, um, you know, American classic writer, uh, novelist, sorry. He wrote like a letter to a high school student who had an assignment. They had to like write to an author that was like an inspiration or something and had to ask for advice on like, you know, creative writing or the creative process. And I saw this letter like maybe a couple of months ago and it really um, spoke to me and it is something that I've tried to take with, like carry with me as my sort of um, work ethic motto as I move forwards at the moment. And it's basically Kurt Vonnegut was telling this kid, like, I want you to go home and write the best poem that you can, like six lines long, it has to rhyme but you just have to write a poem that you absolutely love and then rip up the piece of paper and throw it in the bin and never show anyone. And that is the creative process that like, that is what you should be focusing on because you have been rewarded already by creating something that you love. Like you're not finding the reward in like external validation. Like, don't show your teacher, don't show your mom, don't show your friends. You've just done it for you and that's enough. Like, that's that's all you need to be a creative person. Um, and I've, I found that was really cool because I've definitely been guilty of, like, waiting to hear someone's feedback on a song before I decide if I like it or not. Yeah. And, you know, it really sends you down a path of just not being in touch with your true inner voice and that's uh very misleading you can get very far away from what you actually like very quickly when you do that when you're constantly looking for someone else to tell you something's good before Mm -hmm. you like it yeah it's um don't say that's probably what I try to think about when I think about the creative process um I need that entire story like in a frame yes. on my wall so I never forget. I would love <laughs> you said it was a novel. So Kurt Vonnegut is a novelist right. and he wrote like you know like that era of like Jack Kerouac on the road and um what's that book? Catcher in the Rye, like that that kind of era of uh, American like mid century. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was just like a, he's a very famous author. And yeah, so some kid had to write to an author and ask for advice. And he sent back this letter and was right. like, this is what you do. <laughs> wow, I love that. Yeah. That's um, so great. And so did you write a song and rip it up? <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I'm sort of working on an album, but I just haven't shown anyone. And that's how I want it to stay until like I'm, nearly done and then I'll show people because then I know I've made it for me and I've made something that I love rather than 
having other voices come in and sort of say, no, that's the good song or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, at the end of the day, if I can just make something that truly just feels like an accurate reflection of myself, that's the biggest win. You mentioning your album kind of leads into my next question, which is, um, yeah, what have you, not that you can share too much because I'm sure it's uh, a bit hush hush, (laughs) but what have you got coming up that people listening should be aware of? New album, other sounds of things. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. Um, there's an EP coming and then there's Christmas break <laughs> and then there's next year. And next year to me is going to be like, a, yeah, I want to start releasing this album pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have to finish it first, but I don't know. It's kind of nice. Like releasing music is, has become a lot more fluid than it used to be and I don't know. In the past, I feel like you used to have to prepare for things for months and months and months, whereas now it's just like just get the music out and move on kind of thing, Mm -hmm. which is nice. Yeah, but hopefully next year I'll be on tour again as well. Um, Haven't done that in a while. Well, stay tuned for that, everyone. (laughs) And we wanted to end our chat with a little bit of fun, our favourite game in the world. (laughs) We love this game so much. (laughs) So question one. Hannah hasn't seen these questions. Would you rather never listen to music again or never use technology? Oh, I would rather never use technology. <laughs> I thought that might be your answer <laughs> by what we've spoken about. Yeah, when, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, we were writing Super the questions. <laughs> yeah, we were writing them. We're like, hmm, we, I think I know what the answer to this is. Yeah. Okay. Would you a bit of a random one, this one. Yeah, this is a bit random, but we love it. It's, it speaks volumes to who we are. So would you rather eat a rank banana or a stringy avocado? Oh. Like we're talking brown I and spotty and squishy, probably ready for the bin. I think I would eat the stringy avocado. Really? Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. When a banana passes the point of ripeness, it's disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good point. It's banana bread material or smoothie, it, frozen smoothie. Yeah, frozen smoothie vibes. Uh, even then, it has that flavour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you raise good points. Um, okay, last question. Would you rather listen to your. F- Least favourite genre for 24 hours or never listen to your favourite genre for six months? The first one. Yeah. (laughs) And so can you give us what is your least favourite genre? Um, Probably like uh, what they call hyper – no, is it called hyper pop? It's like that real like internet (laughs) bubblegum. Like it's a super modern trend thing that – Go- I'm, I'm looking up hyperpop right now. <laughs> <laughs> it sort of sounds like I feel like I know what the the vibe is. Yeah, I, I don't want to name names. So <laughs> I'm not no, that's that, but like, there's a few artists that have dabbled in it recently that I'm just like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably like the TikTok trend or something. It's a little bit, yeah. It's a little bit in that world, so. Yeah, there you go. Fair enough. There you go. Well, uh, Hannah, thank you so much for chatting with us today. Where can everyone find you? Uh, Spotify, <laughs> um, Instagram, um, 
you could go and look at my TikTok. It's a bit of a graveyard. <laughs> um, my most viral TikTok, I'm not even in. It's like a video of uh, Gloria Steinem talking about abortion rights. <laughs> it went viral. And that's kind of, it's that and then a bunch of like me in the studio, like day vlog things that really do not get any views because I don't know. They're just boring. <laughs> TikTok's so strange like that. Like we were constantly in awe. Like actually like, not, that, how? not that long ago, I said to Amelia, oh, we should get on TikTok. Like that's where, all the, that's where all the cool kids are now. And she's like, babe, we've been on TikTok for like six months. Like she's, cause she's the marketing one. And I'm like, oh, true. Like, <laughs> Oh. Well, thank you so much for joining us and um, yeah, keep an eye out for all the good things coming for Eve's Caritas. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to today's chat. If you loved what we had to say, hit subscribe, leave us a review and find us on Instagram at some would say podcast. Talk then. <laughs>